Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Driving More Show. Hi, I'm Paul. I'll be your host this evening here on New Zealand Sport Radio. And uh, yes, I've just cut off Boa mid-sentence. Um, and uh, I'll let him and Stephen Harris back in in a second. Now, folks, if you're watching from South Africa, now might be a good time to turn away um, because I've got a funny feeling these two are going to come off a bit of a long run up um, talking about slowing down play. Now, uh, we'll put it in early. All teams do it from um, at certain points, but obviously there's a certain team that's got uh, a reputation over the last couple of months of doing it more so than others. Uh, that is going to be one of our tactics conversation. We'll be looking forward to the Rugby Championship Games this coming weekend. What will uh, Ian Foster do with that all-black squad? Um, and then there's been a couple of news announcements today that uh, we covered off on in the lockdown beers and rugby chat at 5pm. But these two boys weren't on it, so I'll get their opinions on a couple of things on that one. So joining us uh, this evening, I have got uh, Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Very good. Thank you, Paul. Always a privilege and a pleasure to be on the uh, the TDM. And it's a shame we you did cut a bar off because he was... Right in the middle of about to tell us something really important, so I'm curious to see what he had to say. Obviously not on here, though. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Good evening, Bella. How are you doing, sir? Good evening. Very well. I hope everyone is well and safe. What I was about to say was, Lion Red is an acquired taste. That's what I was told once upon a time, (laughs) and I live by it every day. The more I drink, the more I can enjoy it, and it's almost like a connoisseur-like taste. Uh, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but yeah. Uh, but no, look, um, yeah, look, Box did kind of slow it right down to what you call uh, uh, Uber, Uber Eats Rugby, or what Joe Moody called uh, Smoko every five minutes. But I have to say, they did some fantastic things as well, which we'll talk about, particularly how they beat the All Blacks well and truly up front. Uh, so it's you know, a bit of concern probably there, but yeah, a lot to talk about today. Cool, I thought you were about to get jump straight into it, but before I do, um, before we do, I'm just going to go because I know you love the sound of that bar. Um, so I just thought, uh, as you mentioned the other day, so I thought I'd do it on air this time rather than pouring it beforehand. Yep, yeah, I've gone for the New Zealand lager here. Um, a, a quality New Zealand lager, it says. Um, the reality is it's the cheapest New Zealand lager, um, that's uh, in, in, in the supermarket. So there we go. Um, and uh, if they uh, sponsor us, I'll play that. It's the drink of preservation. I was, I was going to say, preservation. The drink of preservation. <laughs> no, what what it is? What it is? The drink of a. <laughs> it's the budget drink. I think yes. it's more likely. <laughs> drink of a poor man. Um, yeah. <laughs> poor, poor. Say it. Say I, it. I, like I don't it. know. It's double brown. <laughs> yeah. Poor man's like it. <laughs> oh, no. Everyone's talking about this about, about oh double brown yeah sorry not not lion no um so was, yeah I, I did look at trying to get some lion brown at one point but it's just too expensive I just couldn't believe it I was like hang on a second this isn't supposed to be an expensive beer but um yeah the boxes of eighteen and I was like, maybe I got my maths wrong and it wasn't actually, it was actually a good deal but well I'll have to go in with my calculator and try and figure it out how much it is per can um anyway um before we get on to the big topics then of uh, of, of 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 the week of from the weekend. Uh, just a couple of things that, that have come up. Um, the uh, Fijian Drua have uh, um, named five more players. Uh, I, 
I would say not household names, but I mean, one of them does have a uh, Olympic gold medal in there. And I think that's what we're going to see, isn't it, with this Fijian Drew side, uh, is that it's going to be a, uh, but they're going to be leaning on that sevens uh, background quite um, uh, quite heavily. We've got two out of the 10 players announced so far have been sevens players. So, um, the uh, so yeah, so that's there. Um, unless you've got any particular sort of pieces of knowledge you can uh, impart to us about these players, then I'll, I'll, I'll move on to the next bit. Well, all we can pretty much add now, that's 10 players that they've uh, they've picked. But I just want to uh, touch on one of the players they have picked up, uh, Te Ahiwaru uh, Siriki Daveta, who um, has played for uh, for Tasman. Now, he's an interesting acquisition. He's a, he's a, he's a lock. Um, he attended St. Kentigan College. So, uh, listen, he'll be well, pretty well versed in New Zealand style. Um, forward play. So I'm really excited that they've picked up a, a, a guy who's only 12, 20, 23 years old. And and also, if you, you kind of look through um, the rest of the guys, there was there's also uh, uh, Siru Pepele uh, Vularika, who's a little bit older at, at, at 30, 31. Um, doesn't say which position he, he plays, but I'm I'm assuming he is he is a back because he's only um he's only five foot three inches high, eighty one kg. So that suggests to me he's a uh, he's a halfback. But they've also got a couple of other young boys uh, there as well. A good lock in uh, Mele Dera Nalangi, who's uh, only twenty two years old, six foot six foot five, and um, he's also um, out of uh, Suva. As uh, well, and of course, there's Mel Tuni, who's uh, only a 21 year old, as well. So it's good to see, even though they have got some guys who are veterans, they've picked some uh, some younger guys in the uh, team as well. Just their their last player, I really don't know a lot about it, is uh, uh, Vinya Habosi. Don't really know much about him at all. Maybe one of our uh, viewers tonight can tell us a little bit more about that player. So it just seems to be coming together quite nicely. Yeah, look, 27 more players to be announced over the next couple of weeks. So I guess we're up to 37. So it looks like they pretty much know their squad, which is good to see. Um, but yeah, no no last minute um, kind of things. Uh, I did watch the video for the um, uh, Tihurangu uh, from uh, Tasman uh, that he gave. And yeah, talking about wanting to learn about his his, his roots or his culture as well. Uh, so maybe uh, not uh, sort of when he, when he gets to go back to Fiji or when he gets to go to Fiji with the team, I think he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll learn a bit there. Uh, the other one that uh, the big news item today was that uh, the uh, uh, that Warren Gatland, who is uh, back in New Zealand, uh, sat down with uh, Clayton McMillan and they announced that Warren Gatland is going to be the director of rugby at the Chiefs and Clayton McMillan will stay on as head coach next season. Um, uh, Boa and I are going to sit down and do a, uh, um, for your ears only, for a supporters special um, tomorrow, looking at what the role of a um, director of rugby is compared to a head coach um, because Boa, you're uh, um, a world rugby qualified coach is that right and um, and also you're, you're a coach uh, I, am, I, I am a world rugby uh, qualified level three coach as well as a, a rugby educator as well as a world rugby coach educator slash trainer so, so yeah so uh, um, I do as, have a bit of... someone with those kind of expertise rather than just me guessing at it um, I thought I'd uh, quiz him tomorrow and go through those two roles uh, and what the balance is between those. And so what we can expect from Gatland and what we can expect from uh, um, uh, Clayton and how they might work together. But just one question for you guys. Is this a matter of Clayton's done so well, they want him as head coach. They've got Warren Gatland under contract. So kind of what do we do with him um, and uh, shove him upstairs because, hey, it's that or we sack him and we have to pay him out. Or is this actually going to be a marriage of uh, going to be a good thing? What, 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 what are your thoughts? Is this enforced or not? Uh, looks like it. Looks. I don't. I don't, I don't want to say too much about it because, you know, uh, you know, Warren's a well-respected uh, coach. You know, he's he's earned his stripes. But obviously, mm -hmm. you know, last few uh, assignments he's been in charge. Uh, you know, it hasn't been his finest hour. So. I, I I think, to me, my opinion is it looks like uh, a situation where they've created a, created a position of convenience, and I think Clayton McMillan's done an outstanding job, and Chiefs and particularly the players, and I think this this would have come from the players as well. Uh, you know, they should give Clayton a um, 
a good run at creating his own culture and letting his own style of coaching uh, do the job. And you have to understand, being the coach and director of rugby, which we'll talk about tomorrow, are two very, very different roles. Uh, the two are interrelated. If you have a really good relationship with your DOR as a head coach, you can do wonders. Uh, if you don't, it can get a bit thorny and things just kind of get sideswiped. And then, it, you know, when things go wrong, everyone starts pointing fingers. And eventually, usually, the director will have to take the rep. If, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I just feel that, uh, you know, it's just, a, it's just an unusual sort of marriage. And uh, I, I, I just hope it doesn't interfere with what Clayton wants to do, but only time will tell. Tim, your thoughts? Yes, I'm just chuckling because I, I just saw the post that came up from Josh Tipani. I think it is. Uh, something along the lines of Getzel run the water on and basically put together videos when required. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, they might not be too far <laughs> off the mark. Um, listen, like most things, like they had a really good season under Clayton McMillan and Bar stole a little bit of my little bit of my thunder because I would imagine there would have been some very favourable player reviews um, for many of the guys that were involved in the Chiefs and. You know what? They're just trending in the in the right direction. They've got some really good young talent uh, coming into the the Chiefs as well. Tyron Thompson, who's the um, hooker from Wellington, has just signed with the Chiefs, and some of the young talent they've got running around. Well, we've seen that running around also in the the Waikato team. You know, like Gideon Gideon Rampling. You know, um, Coombs Fabling out on the wing. Man, they just it's like a little candy store at the moment. So they could be just onto something developing really well at this very minute and I must admit I, I like the idea of McMillan staying in charge and I agree with Paul I think it was a case of gee we got him all the way back to the Chiefs let's let's just find another job for him. Now just so people are aware I mean, as as both said Gatland is a very uh, well respected and, and the most uh, successful uh, um, Welsh rugby coach ever uh, one of if not the most uh, successful Lions coach ever with a win in Australia, a draw in New Zealand, um, a, a one series and a drawn series in New Zealand, plus uh, obviously the lost series now in South Africa. So, look, he is one of the best and top coaches in the world. Let's 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 be very clear about this. Also, when he first arrived at the Chiefs, uh, he really changed the way they trained. Uh, it became much more focused uh, and uh, shorter, um, but they got more out of it, and the players really liked that. Uh, the, the training sessions were shorter, but there was no gaps, there was no hanging around. Everyone knew exactly what they were doing, which is what um, uh, the one time I sat in on an All Blacks training session uh, was um, and sat next to an, a, uh, an international prop, and he pointed out that that's what was going on there. So clearly, yeah, Clay, uh, clearly Gatlin does do a lot of things really well. Um, so, uh, and, and I think also, well, at least initially had the players on board. Clearly, uh, the results didn't go their way post-COVID or post, well, not really post-COVID, but, you know, after the first COVID break. Um, but, uh, yeah, interesting to see how it all pans out. Also interesting to see that on Twitter, one of the mainstream media people um, made a complaint that no one was available from the Chiefs to talk about it today. And you're like, well, that's a bit strange. Um, and I have got a Chiefs media email saying that media opportunities later in the week will be announced, which during this time of the year is unusual, to say the least. Uh you don't normally get Chiefs media opportunities outside of the Super Rugby season. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what those are later in the week and uh, uh, how much uh, and, and what they say. I will try if I can, um, if, they're, but if they're online, definitely to dial into those. Um, Paul, one, one, thing I'll just, one thing I'll just add before you wrap it up is what you said about uh, Warren Gatlin is you know, spot on. He's a great coach. But all of the things before you said... It relates directly to coaching at the coal face, which is what Clayton McMillan needs to be doing. Being a director of coaching is a completely different role altogether. And if you try to coach at the coal face, chances are you will end up overshadowing the head coach. And that's where problems start. I've got a bit of experience uh, from, uh, you know, at, at community level uh, playing the role of director of rugby. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an overall holistic role. It's, it's kind of like being the general manager of uh, a company uh, and you need to have a relationship with your direct 
sales manager. So the head coach is sales manager. He or she will tell the rest of the staff, you know, this is what we do on a daily basis, all the tactics, all the strategy. The general manager makes sure all the resourcing, all the education, the sales training, everything is in place and all the uh, tactical side is reviewed and the ongoing uh, player and coach development is managed. So two, two are very, very different roles. So whether Warren Gatlin can do that, only time will tell, particularly at first-class level. So it's going to be a very interesting uh, interesting little period here for the Chiefs franchise. Absolutely. And uh, look at, especially as I'm looking at a, a structure that we don't see uh, very much in New Zealand rugby, but uh, we have seen in Europe. Um, but that's a different surface as well. But we'll discuss, we'll go through all those um, uh, tomorrow when we have a quick chat about it uh, on, on that one. So then, let's look back on uh, on last weekend and uh, look we, I've done post-match reviews of both games so I don't intend to go through um, the games in detail uh, but one topic that has come up um, in both social media the media and also from some of the players themselves including uh, Joe Moody um, yeah Moody uh, mentioned it in uh, press interview is the amount of stoppages during play and the amount of players uh, taking a knee and having the medics come on at uh, uh, at, a, at a frequent basis. Now, what I must admit, I'm finding uh, a little bit amusing from a, uh, a British and Irish Lions and, and supporter is that the uh, Springboks have been doing this now for uh, a couple of months, let's be blunt. Um, and uh, suddenly, when they do it against the All Blacks, um, it suddenly has kicked up, it's like kicking a hornet's nest. Um, where it didn't, and it, and it sort of seems to have um, bubbled up and has become a big issue. Whereas the fact they've been doing it for the uh, their previous um, what's uh, seven test matches now, three British and Irish Lions, uh, a couple against uh, the Pumas, and a couple against Australia doesn't seem to have kicked up such a such a hoo ha. But uh, suddenly it has this weekend. So um, why do you think that is, boys? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one. Whenever the two top teams in the world play each other, particularly when one of the teams are the All Blacks, there's a big ex expectation that we're going to see end-to-end -end rugby. Thrill-a-minute stuff. Now, all of a sudden, when he gets dragged into this uh, smoke or break, I'll, I'll, I'll use Joe Moody as his <laughs> quote, a smoke or break every, every five minutes. You know, it's, it's a real drag. There's no momentum. It's stop-start. The entertainment factor gets completely taken out of the way. And of course... When you overdo it against a side who constantly want to attack with ball in hand, which is what the All Blacks attempted to do whenever they had possession, um, it's blaringly obvious. In the Lions tour, you know, you had two sides. One looked like it was waiting till the grass grew green, and the other side was watching paint dry. So it didn't really make too much of a difference, but it was very obvious on the uh, broadcast time, you know, when it runs into almost 120 minutes, obviously something was wrong. And of course, when there is expectation that a side will play up-tempo rugby, I mean, you're constantly waiting. And there were a couple of instances where the referee actually said, come on, let's, let's get on with it. Uh, and I, I'm going to put a little bit of blame here on, on, on a referee who I have a lot of time for, who is, um, uh, I forget his name now. Um, Luke Pierce. Luke Pierce, yeah, you know, I, 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 in my view, I think he's arguably one of the best, if not the best ref in the world. Um, all he had to do was actually enforce one bit of, uh, you know, one part of the game where if there are players who are, who don't have, you know, broken limbs or life-threatening injuries or neck injuries, which, which aren't going to pose a risk if they get moved, should have just simply asked him to move on and played the game on. He didn't do that, and then it just, just descended into a farce. And I think that's where most of the frustration is. And, you know, the, it, it just got completely exposed as, you know, a time-wasting tactic to break momentum of the game. So from an entertainment point of view, it was pretty, uh, you know, pretty woeful. And it was a real blight on the game. Um, and, of course, you know, you don't expect this sort of Hollywood in a in a contact sport where you know it's a, it's a real gladiators arena so i think that just took the gloss off the springboks just a little bit and of course you know all the the internet memes and you know the uh, uh I, I read a review on a on a, on a south african 
uh, rugby website where they rated all the players. And then most of the comments are, you know, you missed the water crew and the physio. They should have been given a nine. You know, those sort of things. So it, it, it really didn't pay them in a, in, a, in a good light. And it just kind of stifled the game uh, where, well, you know, most of the All Blacks fans obviously expected a fast open game and they didn't get it. And that's probably why we're finding all this hoo-ha about it. The, I mean, some comments in, in, in the live chat. LB makes some, some, some good ones here. Uh, that some, you, you, We didn't want to play the All Blacks game. And that's absolutely true. Uh, and uh, yeah, we will do what we, however we can, just to get yeah, to break things up. Now, the uh, and, and we saw particularly in that first five minutes where the the Springboks got it wrong because they um, their kicking out was just over the line, which allowed the All Blacks to take quick lineouts, and uh, and hence we saw a try pretty early on. Straight after that, every single kick out that the uh, Springboks did landed in the stands. And that way you stop the quick line out. Now you don't quite get as much territory, but you slow the but 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 you stop the play, right? Um, so I mean those sort of things are uh, are legitimate uh, ways of doing it, um, of, of, of breaking up play. Um, the 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 less well, um, I mean, one of the things that we see at pretty much every single scrum across the board is a prop taking a knee, because if a, if a if a flanker does it you can play on. But if a prop does it, you have to stop and wait for them to get treated. So you'll see props are perhaps some of the um, uh, the, what, the, the quickest, the quickest um, what's the word I'm looking for here, uh, recuperating t- players on the picture. The, the suddenly look so hurt they can't stand um, and then suddenly have got a, a, a ton of pressure through their backs uh, at, a, at, a, at a scrum. Um, I guess it's not a matter of the fact that they were doing it because when you say everyone does it, it was the amount that they did it. Um, I guess it was because it was pretty much every line out as well, which we don't normally see. Um, now, I, uh, I just want to show one. Um, and and, and uh, Stephen has seen this one before. Um, but uh, the uh, Rugby World Cup ball in playtime um, has uh, increased um, every year. You can see that, uh, uh, well, after since, uh, 20, since 1995, um, it's been on the upward. Uh, uh, um, upward line there, and um, that's basically because World Rugby wants more ball in playtime. We're still at uh, we're still under thirty five minutes, so we're still ha- over half the game is not actually being played, um, <laughs> which is kind of amazing. Um, and um, the uh, so it's the um, the so yeah so it's and, and, and Stephen you you were. Talking about what what could be done about it because you, you 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 I think you had some thoughts on that side as well. <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 made, it's made me think about something. Can you imagine if, if if basketball had no stop clock, and you could just basically, you know, you could pretty much run a game or slow it or slow it right down because there were big athletes that weren't weren't fit on the basketball court and you didn't have a thirty second uh, shot clock or something like that but what irritates me the most it's not directed at the Springboks it's directed at World Rugby it's directed at the officials you know World Rugby bought in they bought in a 50-22 because they thought you know that might push wing that actually might push wingers back so there'd be space on the outside they bought in a goal line dropout as opposed to having another scrum I can actually see why that those numbers have actually gone down in terms of time time and play we've over the years, we've watched some all-black tests and it's got to half-time and we've thought, my God, there's only been one or two scrums. So, which basically means there's a, a, a absolute lot of time in play. Now, my issue, gee, World Rugby, if you're really serious about speeding the game up, you already had a really good look at that Lions-South Africa series where trainers were running on, they were taking breaks at nauseam. And believe you me, there was a reaction to that second test as well, and that was the length of time that test took. It was close to a hundred minutes. It was longer than a game of game of football, which is which is ninety odd minutes. You know, to me, once again, Luke Luke Pierce, he, he's warning these guys when they've already pretty much wasted over a minute and telling them to hurry up, and they still wander off like Browns cows. Yeah, it's it's a tactic, and it's right within the rules. But my my big thing is, if halfbacks know that the scrum they haven't won the hit. They will basically delay the put-in simply because they know that their tight head didn't win the hit. 
the line out, they'll delay the line out because all of a sudden they've either got they've either got the yips or they haven't quite got the call in the head. They get penalised. I think officials have to have to basically make a stand now. Whether you have a thirty-second time limit from the time the penalty is called to the time the line out is formed, I think that's what that's what you've got to do. If this is an entertainment game, this is what we require. And I know Albie's going off at, at the moment, but even in South Africa at the moment, they're actually quite. If you read a lot of the social network, they're actually quite divided about this particular style they're, that they're actually playing in South Africa. You know, all I can say to the South Africans that are tuning in, yeah, keep on playing that style. Because if you look through since 1992, your winning success rate against the All Black is 30%. So, hey, carry on, guys. Um, you made Megan, that point about, uh, the, about the yeah, time limits. So this one is dead. I was going to jump into, into Global Rapid Rugby because uh, Global Rapid Rugby had uh, basically went went down that kind of route, which um, now unfortunately Global Rapid never really got to take off. But uh, they 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 brought in the idea of time limits for scrums of one minute. And time limits for, for lineouts of forty-five seconds um, to set. Um, so, yeah, interesting that look, it's something that um, uh, that that and what Global Rapid Rugby was now three, four years ago. Um, probably that uh, this the, the, these kind of things about no, actually four or five years ago. Sorry, um, that uh, these things were being thought about. So, look, it's nothing. This is actually this is nothing new to a certain degree, and we can see with that graph that that, that, that for a long time now. World Rugby and the various lawmakers are trying to speed things up. So go on, Bob. Yeah, look, just just to add, add to that, I think uh, a set play a set play clock. So for the having a time limit on the scrums and lineouts, um, and also uh, the ball when it's available at the end of the ruck. Now, you know, if you pretty much watch every every game of first class and above rugby. How many times have you heard the referee say, use, use, and then 15 seconds later, the ball is still at the bottom of a ruck. So, you know, the, the, the law is in place. You either use it or lose it. But world rugby, for whatever reason, at the elite level, tend to get their knickers in a twist and say, look, it's okay. Let's just kind of play some kind of different version and allow the referees to have a bit of a free hand. So what really needs to happen is either you use it or lose it. It's the same thing in a driving mall. If you drive the ball forward and the ball's transferred back, as soon as it stops, you say, right, use it. And if you don't use it, you lose it. So the, the protocols are there in place. For some bizarre reason, they're not policed the way it's meant to be. And of course, what really got under my skin was, you know, players who had blood injuries were treated in the middle of the park and everyone had to stop and wait till all that was done. And there was one instant, it took three minutes and 11 seconds when one of the Springboks uh, props got patched up. It took so long, broadcast, went into, a, I think it was a, a tourism Queensland-style video. They had a drone shot. You know, that's how ridiculous it got. I mean, you know, you'd expect this. Uh, weekend footy, golden oldies, you know, uh, the, 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 the level I sometimes play on and off. Where you know everyone says, "Look, guys, let's just just, just take five. Everyone's taking, you know, sucking in the big uh, breaths. But at test level, when this sort of thing happens, it's you know it makes a mockery of it. And and unfortunately, world rugby every year we keep tinkering with these rules. Game development says we want a faster, safer game, but in reality, what seems to be happening is the game is becoming slower and slower when it wants to. So this really comes down to how the rules are being policed, and I think. Those areas which Stephen and myself, we've put some ideas across, if that kind of gets flushed out, this problem is going to be sorted out very, very quickly. I think you're right that basically look, the, the, the laws that are there to handle it, um, the thing, referees only use about half the, half the law book anyway, most of the time, because there is too many laws to try and follow. Uh, now, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that um, essentially the well, the, the referees get together um, before the uh, July or what was now now is June uh, internationals, and then again before November. They might get together again actually before the Six Nations. So they get, they get together about three times a year, I think it is, uh, to have a quick sort of to have a sort of conference, a big Zoom conference call, conflab as to as to what are we trying to focus on, boys, and uh, what are the changes, etc. Now, so that last call happened before the Lions series 
The next call is going to happen uh, basically in two weeks or two, maybe three weeks, basically before the next set of, and therefore there's not been a call in between. So the, so for Luke Pierce to change the way that it was being called during that seconds lines test would be, um, is just, he, he's, he hasn't had a change of direction yet and he won't get that until about two or three weeks time when that call happens. And that's how frequently, that's how the world rugby refereeing, as far as I'm aware, kind of works. Is that a, 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 again, a, a vague nod there for me? Is that, is that, is that, is that pretty much correct? I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump in here. I spoke to a, a a top Auckland referee the other day, and I said, "Have you got tools in your kit for teams wasting time?" He goes, "Oh heck yeah!" He said he's he's done it when teams have actually took taken too long before they've thrown the ball into the lineout, setting their lineout, and he's just basically short arm penalty and and and, and penalised them. And he he said, watching the game on the weekend, Luke Pierce did not go into his tool set kit. But he managed to find some of the most weird penalties, um, infractions that, you know, he penalised one of the all-black props for having his feet in the next pass. I've been watching international rugby for a long time. I have never – that has just come out of absolute left field. The also – the other thing, not, not just walking to lineouts, but I also think teams should be should be basically penalised. So, for example, if you've got five minutes to go, a team's, team scored and they can maybe score a last-minute try and conversion to win, and then they take their sweet time walking back to half-time. I think there should be a stop clock on that as well, that they need to get back to half-time, half, half time, you know, and it, <laughs> halfway. It only takes... 10, 15, not 10, 15 seconds to run back to halfway and kick off. It's it's as, it's as simple as that, but it just seems some teams will just pretty much milk it and they milk it because the officials don't do anything about it. Oh, we saw that against between uh, Taranaki and Bay of Plenty when Bay of Plenty were coming back at the very end of the game and Taranaki was like, oh, we don't want to give them time to score two more tries. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll sort it back to halfway. So they've only got time to score one more. And now they didn't in the end score it. They they gave up one instead. But um, the uh, but yeah, you could see that the, the, the yeah Taranaki were like yeah we, we want to wind this clock down because this is whilst we're in control of this game uh, the, 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 there is a small a small chance that we could that this could uh, this could go pear So look, it's uh, and look so it, and it is I say it is all teams. It's a matter of degrees um, that, that that are part of this. Um, the um, uh, the other one that uh, yeah that Josh points out is the video. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. About um, Quade Cooper's kick at the end of that game. Look, Quade Cooper's kick at the end of the game. Yes, you have got a, you've got one minute to take that kick. He took longer than that, but um, as sort of as as, as has been kind of said, that time is very very rarely, if ever, enforced, um, and uh, there is no shot clock to uh, to give us a guide as to what that time is. Um, so yeah, not uh, yes yes Quade Cooper took longer than he should have done, but hey, it's never called. I was going to say, if I, I can just give you both a you very got... blunt assessment, there's, there's, there's two aspects to this. Number one, either the referees, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say this out loud, but I'll just, this is my opinion. The referees either have the wrong people, wrong personnel on board in charge of uh, training and education, or number two, they're just looking at all the irrelevant significant stuff, the, irre- the irrelevant significant, as you rightly pointed out, Stephen Harris. You know, uh, I think it was Joe Moody got pinged for moving his feet 
I mean, I, I, you know, all the years of rugby, I, I've never ever seen that. That's that. That, by the way, is a, that's the correct call. That is like super technical, but the very obvious stuff get missed out, like forward passes, knock-ons, and obviously this time wasting situation. So I think where the focus is is the wrong place as far as refereeing and officiating and officiating education goes, because you know. I, I have a lot to do with uh, WR education, particularly with coaches. So we have what we call the fundamentals and pillars of rugby, and that's what we focus on. So we try and keep things as simple, as basic as we can. Unfortunately, we are seeing a trend here with the referees. They seem to be able to pick the most obscure of rules. And also WR technical and game development seem to back them up with picking rules, which you see one in a hundred test matches, which will have some sort of impact. So I think this is where the problem is, gentlemen. Whilst not addressing the, the what the problem that is right in front of them. Yep. So the, I think in in in, in summary, um, the, the, there are tools within the referees' uh, toolbox to 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 speed the game up. Uh, South Africa uh, did a good job at disrupting things, and we we can see what they were trying to do. Does it make it uh, easy to watch? Not particularly. Um, the uh, and and yeah, it is what it is. Uh, don't referees get told what to focus on in the game? Says LB. Yes, they do. That's what I was talking about. That they have a call um, at the, before the Six Nations, before the July internationals, the June internationals. Now they are sorry, and before the November internationals. So three calls a year where the international referees uh, are from north and south both uh, balance themselves to make sure that they to, to try and make sure that they they're calling similarly or in the same way, um, and also where they get reminded what. Uh, what are the focus points at the moment for world referee for world rugby? Now, clearly, the one at uh, the the main thing at the moment is is about head high, about high tackles. Um, but we're not going to go into that one because um, that's uh, but that but that I believe is is the the current focus area. I expect time will probably be added to that list in the call in two or three weeks' time. Um, so, of course, cool, so that's looking back. Uh, any other sort of uh, kind of points because I mean, that, that was a big thing that's been blowing up on social media and uh, and stuff but any other kind of uh, particular uh points you want to talk about from last week um before we look forward just 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 for me <clears throat> I've, there's been a few comments um in the chat room there about maybe having a, a, a stop stopping the clock in play I, I actually i actually don't want that i just basically want the ref to use his yeah. tools to keep yeah. keep momentum in the in the game, that's that's all I'm asking for. I don't think a, a stop clock solves anything because once once again, if you're going to have a stop clock, that stop clock's going to be used when you have when you have injuries. Somebody's going to go down with his shoot with his shoot with his bootlaces. I actually believe uh, when Boa spoke about players going down, I personally think if you can walk off a paddock, you walk off a paddock unless you've either been knocked out or you're lying down on the ground with with a, with a broken leg. I think you basically walk off and you quickly throw a, throw a sub. On straight away to actually actually keep things keep things moving along, keep the pace moving along. Yeah, sure, it's it's not gonna gonna it's not gonna suit the South Africans, but man alive, this is a this is an entertainment game, whether we whether we like it or not. If we keep trending down this path, wow, it, it's going to be a turn off for a, for a lot of lot of lot of people. You know, one of the beauties of the thirteen man code, it's con- there's a lot of continuity in the thirteen man code. It's constantly on the move. I know it's a different, completely different concept. I was watching a bit of, I saw a bit of NFL today, and quite, quite frankly, you know, the, the clock, the clock moved about a minute and about ten of our minutes, if if you know what I mean. I certainly don't want rugby to be like that, and that's what happens when you bring in a stop clock. And in the in the past, uh, I you know I've witnessed games where referees of the stature of uh, Peter Marshall, Tapa Henning. Uh, the recent past, Nigel Owens, where water carriers, when they try to run out, they actually chase them away and say, no, 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 look, wait till I call an official timeout where you can have a drink. And if someone's good, like, you know, if there's a bit of blood or an injury, which is, you know, not life-threatening or there's threatening limbs, they just actually ask the players, leave the field, we have to play on. So it's, you know, it, it's always been like that for some reason, the last sort of few months particularly building on from the Lions into this game, it's gone downhill. And of course, the other thing I want to say is the, I have to give 100% credit to the Springbok forward pack, completely obliterated in most instances, the All Black. The, the All Black 
uh, forwards who completely outplayed all that good work in position unfortunately meant nothing but wow that was you know that was a, a, a real sandpaper abrasive style of springbok forward play which has to be commended it's just a shame that they couldn't convert that into points um the yep so that's uh, that's last weekend uh, obviously also um uh, the whoops we've just lost Stephen he'll be back don't worry uh the we lost uh, also, also the uh, one of these beat the Pumas as well but to say there's a post match reaction to that on the uh, channel just go and look at those um i don't think there's anything particular that jumps out from those ones um uh, from, from, from that game that springs to mind um so looking forward then Boa, what if you are ian foster um what do you do with the this squad of uh, players do you run out the same team again because they uh, didn't have a great game let's be honest or do you make some changes uh, as it's now a dead rubber or is it a matter of uh, we want the clean sweep what is how are you viewing this weekend no look you're only as successful as your last game so ian foster will not i can assure you this they will not take any chances and they will want to write last week's wrong Yes, the All Blacks did win, but it was pretty scratchy performance, let's face it. And some would argue that, uh, you know, they didn't quite deserve to win, particularly on that forward play. So look, I'd, I'd make a few changes, uh, particularly I want to see Luke Jacobson come back into the starting 15 because I think we need that carry forward. And the tweak which really needs to happen is the clean out. Uh, we need to start committing maybe at least another one or two numbers into the cleaner, look to secure the ball rather than try to go too quick out wide um, at every given opportunity. Because as soon as this all black side, once they get quick recycled ball and they go forward, um, you know, the points will take care of itself. Uh, of course, there's a couple of unforced errors, particularly George Bridge, and he's taken a, a bit of slack, particularly on uh, social media. Look, Bridge is, you know, he's, He's, he's been quite sound under that high ball, but that, that first error where he completely misread it and you know, the All Blacks scored off it. So that might have pretty much sealed his fate. Uh, but I would be looking at getting my strongest 15. I'd probably look at, depending on how Richie Maunga pulls up, look at getting, getting him into the side. Maybe not start, but get him in there in some form or shape. And the player who I'd like to really see... Uh, be utilized more is Damien McKenzie because I think his form has been outstanding and he's someone who needs to be utilized more, given more opportunity, given more time. But the, the critical, the nucleus of the operation... I've got to bring up on this one. Okay, so everyone is saying now that Jordy Barrett is the is essential at 15. Um, we've got Bowden and Richie uh, Mwanga as basically the 10s. Where, where, and how do you utilize Damien McKenzie? Well, that would mean we'll have to make space for him. So, based on performance, and if you allowed me to fish, the the guy who I would be looking to, uh, you know, rotate out is probably going to be Rico Ioane because, in my view, I think he had a really, really patchy game, uh, and you know, Quintapaya, particularly coming back off the bench. So, there's going to be a number of uh, headaches there. Um, it just really depends on how these guys pull up a training and come Thursday when they name the side, uh, they have to name the best 15 based on form. Simple as that. But the, I guess the, 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 um, you rotate Joshua, uh, Rico Iwani for Quintana, that still doesn't make space for Damon McKenzie. I, I just don't see what, what, what's I, I agree. He is a fantastic player and he should be in there. I just don't see how he fits. I, I, I can't find a place for him. If you're gonna, if if he can't be at ten and fifteen, he, he's for me. He's definitely not a. He's not a twelve or a thirteen. He's not a winger for me. He has to either play uh, ten or fifteen. And to me, he's behind better players in those positions. Yeah, I, I got to go with. I got to go with you there, Paul. Um, like for for me, if Anton Leonard Brown is available, he comes into that mid mid midfield because. He just brings a little bit of physicality into into the midfield. I know Rico Ioani's good, but I think he brings some really smarts. And I think it'll be George Bridge who'll, who'll pay the price for his performance. He'll push out onto the wing. I can't see 
too many changes to that bench in the back line simply because I think it's just a little bit too late. He's Richie Moran has been in isolation for for two for two weeks at this stage, so that might be a little a little bit a little bit difficult to uh, to say the least, guys. So for me, that might be the only change in the back line. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Richie's in training today. Um, uh, so we saw photos of him back uh, um, back at training. Um, sorry, guys, I'm just uh, zooming through trying to find the uh, Springboks um, Linux. I've not got that um, uh, to, to discuss. Uh, I've, I've not downloaded that one to discuss, I'm afraid, folks. Sorry about that. Um, but um, looking at, uh, at this one, to me, the as, as, you, as you say, the big problem for the All Blacks was at the breakdown, and it is the balance in that back row. Um, I think um, when you've got a Kiriwani and Ethan Blackadder, you, you're playing two sixes. Um, with uh, Arnie Surveyor, who is a good seven, but he's up against two open sides, and Arnie's um, more kind of an eight-seven um, than necessarily a pure fetching seven. So, um, to me, um, the uh, yeah, we're really missing that Dalton Papilihi, uh, Sam Kane player, uh, and, and I think that's where you need to really look at it. it's how, how do we get that extra mobility in there. Um, and as you can see, folks, I think I think, I think, I think we've, any of us have got an answer to that one, unfortunately. Oh, Paul, Paul, um, uh, you know, if you look at Australia, they were really successful because of the work rate of 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 Hooper, especially. He was just absolutely fantastic at the breakdown, and I think that's probably we are where we are missing a specialist seven. If if uh, Dalton Papali is available, I think he comes back in, into the side. I think. Listen, I'd I'd stick with I'd stick with Akiriyuani. I would stick with that same loose, uh, loose loose trio. In my opinion, the damn lucky one is probably going to be Hoskins Satiti because he, to be fair, he really did add some good good value when he when he came on um, later later in the game. But I suspect that they will go back to to Jacobson. That that'll be that my that would be my three if Dalton Papa Ali is available. And Paul, the answer to that is actually quite simple. Uh, the breakdown, two, two, four. Number one, obviously, when you're going into the breakdown, these guys will have to clean out a lot harder and and be more physical. Number two, on on too many occasions, we are planning to use just a single single uh, single man to clean out the ruck. That needs to change. We need to at least th- throw two bodies in there. Once that is done, I think uh, it it will, it will solve this problem out. Number of number of instances we saw David Havili take the ball up front and he was turned over because there's only one person wanting to clean out against three or four Springboks who were trying to flood the ruck. So um, yeah, I mean it's it's it, it is a bit of a balancing act, but I would definitely fit McKenzie in, and if it was up to me, I would probably chuck him on the wing, and then at some point bring him to first five uh, in in that sort of format. But again. You know, we'll see. We'll wait and see and see what the coaches come up with. Um, yeah, I think I, I, it's uh, it's it's um, so the next game is in I think is in three weeks time or, or two weeks time against uh, the USA, uh, and I think that's where we'll see a lot of the fringe players, um, or a lot of players who aren't involved now um, get get a run out. The looking at this side, uh, yeah, to, to me, it's George Bridge is a difficult one. Do you drop him and then his confidence is gone, or do you try and stick with him um, through this one? The fact that he, um, uh, the, the fact that he stayed there, the um, uh, for the whole game, I was shocked by how, how you took off Will Jordan uh, and left him on. Um, just was um, it just really confused me big time. Strange, um, very very strange decision. The uh, in, in in that one uh, clearly. They have got a lot of faith in him. Now, he has had a very injury-disrupted season um, with the, the pectoral, then uh, muscle at the end of last season, beginning of this season. I think he had appendicitis or something um, as well. And then, so look, he's been in and out. He hasn't played much rugby this year. Um, so um, so from that point of view, um, I think it's, uh, yeah. Um, AK says, George Bridge at his best is, still isn't good enough. Uh, I disagree with you there. I'm sorry. It's George Bridge at his best is a very good player. Um but he is nowhere near his best at the moment. Um, so 
Um, so yeah, so because of that one, um, the uh, um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And uh, yeah, and also Simon Hughes makes the point: the All Blacks USA game isn't so necessarily guaranteed to happen because the Ireland USA game got called off. We'll see um, on that one. Uh, from uh, we'll, we'll see how that one um, uh, pans out. But um, so there you go, folks. I think well, yeah, we're going pretty much the same side. Try and shuffle up that uh, back row if we can with Papulihi. Um, and then also perhaps uh, look at some um, replacing uh, um, uh, Bridge. I really want Will Jordan to get another run out though. I, I, I think because I, I think he's somebody that we should be growing into that role, and that that fourteen jersey could be his for the next decade. Um, look, so to me, Jordan I needs to, he, Jordan needs to play eighty minutes, and if everything goes to plan with the All Blacks, he'll be dotting down more than one try this weekend. He needs he's he is, in my view going to become an absolute superstar in world rugby, no question, if not already. So why on earth he got subbed is just beyond absolute belief. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with everyone else. I, just, I, I was just dumbfounded when I saw him walk off. Now, um, as, far as, I can, as far as I can see, the, the Springboks haven't announced their side yet. They do announce it early. Uh, and as um, LB says, uh, it'll be out soon, probably. But uh, here is last week's um, lineup, and uh, the um, uh, and uh, as, as, as to and, and what changes do you think the uh, the Springboks bring in? Because they definitely didn't, they didn't look anywhere near as tired or as jaded as they did in the first two games against the Wallabies. They were clearly up for this one, uh, and that type, that some um, sluggishness was gone. Uh, do you think you can roll out the same team again, or or, or what changes would you make? Paul, I think they might make a change in the front row. Kitsoff was really impressive, in my opinion, when he when he came off came off the invention. I actually thought he scrummed really, really well. I'm just trying to think if he went onto that uh, was on the tight head or the loose head side, but he definitely dominated dominated his his marker. Um, I, I also wonder if they might be tempted to just make a tweak with the with the number eight with Vermeulen and just maybe get a, a little bit more pace into their loose forward trio. And, and, and to me, probably the other obvious one is um, um, Cheslin Colby, if he's yep. available. I think he comes he's, – he's, he's probably, to me, is the straightforward switch out. Uh, yeah, Cheslin Colby, definitely. And um, uh, I think Nkosi, unfortunately, then misses out because Mabimbi stays on uh, in that in that situation. Um, the um, – uh, Josh reckons that um, uh, that uh, the Pollard and Willie, oh, oh Larue, he reckons that Pollard and Larue get replaced. Um, it does. It was strange. Elton Yanchis didn't get any opportunity at all last weekend. Um, even even in the last ten minutes, I mean, he's that kind of player who uh, look. He's he, he was the team that was, he's the side that was leading the All Blacks around um, when they beat them a couple of years ago in New Zealand. So. The fact that he didn't get any opportunity at all shows that I guess shows that the uh, the coaches don't have any faith in him, unfortunately. Um, and it's a real shame he's not been given a go. Uh, so uh, I'd like to see Elton Yanchis um, have a go. LB says that El Larue would never get replaced. Uh, I guess the only person who could potentially replace him would be Colby uh, if you wanted to keep on cozy and Mapimpi there. Um, but. Um, I think one thing you have to do is definitely play Khaleesi and Quagga Smith. Those two guys had a great game last weekend. Um, I think that, and that, and that, that, that's, and that's going to be key. Um, otherwise, I can't see there being much. Um, Paul, uh, if, you, if, you, if you recall two, two weeks prior for the Wallabies test, I, I was quite adamant that uh, Quagga Smith needs to start because, you know, the value he presents is, is tremendous. And he had a fantastic game. Uh, in fact, there was one turnover. I thought he was perfectly legal, and he got pinged. A very unfortunate. Uh, that was that was a brilliant turnover. He used every ounce of his body as well as every ounce of his rugby IQ to score that turnover. Unfortunately, yep. penalised. Uh, there'd be two key changes I would like to make. One is get Francois Stein into the starting lineup, and look at give the clerk a bit of uh, a breather and get the younger Nantes into the starting lineup, and just. Just look to attack a little bit more. Just use that width rather than just persist with this 
box kick, which is starting to become very bland and predictable. And I think the All Blacks will do their homework and they will be ready. And one thing I, I mean, if, if history and statistical patterns show anything at all, the All Blacks do not have two bad or average games back to back. Usually a bad or below par performance is always followed up by an absolute blinder. So some real warning signs and red flags. So I think the box kind of need to adjust and look at fighting fire with fire. If they continue to kick and, you know, they, they, they will probably come, come, come back again and double down on these tactics. All it will take is maybe one or two line breaks and then we could see uh, a, a bit of a disaster unfold. So the box really need to be on the A game and they need to start players on form, not on uh, reputations. The um, uh, I, I, uh, doctor, I, I don't know who is um, if uh, you know, Karate is over there, um, but um, I, all, one of the big things that needs to happen is is actually is communication, right? Uh, as has been shown by a there's there's, there's, a, there's a, um, a video out there showing the last thing it's two minutes or whatever it is of the game, and it shows where the overlaps are, where there's. Um, where there's a six on three and all these kind of situations and they go for the box kick or they go to the wrong side. You kind of like, look, it's, it's about saying it's, it's about communication to the halves and saying, right, we want it and getting it out there. Uh, it's not about throwing it out there at every opportunity, but it's about just when do you get that overlap or, 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 or when is there a, when, when are they under strength on one side, then go for it. Um, and it's, it's communicating that and getting the ball out there at the right time rather than saying, rather than saying, put the, put the box kick away and keep spreading it. Um, and that's uh, to me. That's that, that. That's the main thing. Paul, it's interesting but, that we're, I was about to say. Sorry, Bob. Just a quick thing. It's interesting that we're talking about another team who's got a director of, of of coaching because unfortunately the guy that is with the team in Australia at the moment to me he's just a facilitator. He facilitates a game plan, and that came that came game plan is so heavily implemented or entrenched into the Springbok side that nothing out they don't see the space they just see the game plan and that's why they don't recognize that space on the outside and of course that that video who for anybody who's seen it we should post it Paul because I actually think it's it's it, it's it's really quite enter, entertaining um because it, it well, there and, lies and <laughs> yeah, and and entertaining depending which side you're looking at looking at yep. it from but it it sort of demonstrates the two differences between the two sides in, in a major way. So Josh, yeah, the, the, um, five, of us, five of our starters hadn't played the box before. Um, looking at the box side, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure what uh, what that balance would have been, um, to be honest with you. I must admit there were a lot less players involved than I thought there would, would have been from, from the uh, Rugby World Cup opening game between the two teams. Um, so that was... Uh, I was a bit surprised how how much change has happened in both time, both sides um, since then. Um, well, what I was about to say was actually this game plan, South Africans play. It's a very old school playbook. What what it is is basically the entire field is chopped up into sixteen squares, and depending on which part of the field and which square you're on, you have a couple options. But unfortunately, with this box game plan, in most of the squares, every Top option or number one option is to kick. So it's 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 uh, it's a very robotic. It's like McDonald's sort of, you know, going through a McDonald's drive-through. You know, can I give you some fries with it? That sort of stuff. And it's it's very prescriptive. It's very uh, coach-driven. It's very micromanaged sort of stuff. And you know, Paul, you spoke about communication. Well, maybe they should get the physio lady in the midfield because she seems to be doing most of the communication. Every single time she ran in, you could see on the headset. Um, um, and then there was a, a, a camera shot on uh, Nina Ba. So there you go. She, she must she must be close to her fiftieth fiftieth old test. Um, I'm surprised she hasn't been given a blazer. Oh, oh, she, boys, she, boys, she boys! Certainly, certainly got three caps, well earned caps from the Lions. <laughs> so not every not every physio can say that. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm, I'm I'm not going to deign that comment with 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 with, with my opinion. Um, the uh, anyway, moving. Uh, but um, that's what you got us on for, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, look, I think 
I mean, as Aaron point, um, said uh, much earlier in the show, he was like, he, didn't, he doesn't have a problem with the kicking uh, kicking first strategy. Uh, he has only issues around the, uh, the, 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 the stopping the clock strategy um, or, or stopping play strategy. So, look, uh, if cl- clearly they've done their um, uh, they've, they've done their research and gone, OK, our best chance of winning is through is, is through kick. And look, it works a lot of the time. Bridge had some real problems with it. LB mentioned something about the fact that uh, um, uh, that whilst all the kicks look very similar to us, apparently Faf was doing a lot of different things with those kicks with front spin, back spin um, and other things to make it much harder to read and much harder to catch. Um, and so to my mind, um, now if look, the, the, the kicking bit, fine, but just improve that, just improve that communication around when to go wide because there are opportunities. Don't, but don't try and switch it up and just try and just go right wide all the time. That would be a disaster. Um, I think they've got to stick with the cake with the kick first strategy, but just add in that, 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 that comes personally. Um, Thoughts that uh, also we've also got the um, uh, gone blank uh, Wallabies versus Pumas return match as well. Um, do you see anything? Uh, you, but um, another win for the uh, for the Wallabies. Boy, I, I'm I've, I tell you what, I was really dis- disappointed with the Wallabies, and and I, and oh. I suspect so was so so was Dave Dave Rennie that really and truthfully they 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 didn't run over the the Pumas. And they really didn't take their op- op- opportunities. So, on, on saying that, I don't think it's going to affect the table. And I think he really does need to play some of his uh, some of his squad, like the All Blacks. They've got a tour at the end of the year as well. So I can I can basically see a few changes coming to this Australian side. No? Yeah, um, look, um, absolutely with Steve. I think look, they they, they have to try some new combinations. Um, look, I, I have to admit, I didn't watch the game live, um, and I'm Oof. glad I didn't because it felt like it, I didn't miss much. It was it was a pretty drab sort of test match, wasn't it? There were lots of Oof. errors, and uh, would it be fair to say Australia probably left 20, 25 points, which they could have easily converted. They just butchered it. Um, the Pumas just, I don't know, it was a no-show. I was extremely uh, well disappointed and quite surprised, frankly, because... The Pumas have had a very good uh, uh, run and a good record in Australia. So I I can't see the Pumas actually pull themselves out of this rut or hole. But if Australia turn up with some new combinations and if they start blundering their way through and start coughing up some penalties, which they have a tendency to do, that will open the door and leave it ajar for the Pumas. But more of the same. Um, but I think Dave Rennie will look to blood most of his newer players, and they'll be raring to go as well. So it could work one either way. Maybe things will click and just every, you know, the Wallabies might put some serious points to the board, or they'll just go from error to error, and this will turn into a real dogfight, and something interesting could potentially happen. The um, uh, LB Argentina may be tired of being on the road for so long. Absolutely. Mm. Um, yep. No, they've had the highest, sorry, the hardest um, trip into this. They've had made the least complaints about it, um, and what we've done, we just disrespected them um, with uh, with photos. So sorry, folks, um, uh, with photo calls. So look, yeah, absolutely, they should. Uh, and Josh said, look, they'll hopefully front up after that captain's photo thing. Unfortunately, that was before the last game, so you'd expect them to front up in the last game from that, not in this next one. So, um, so there we go. Not so much. Yeah, I actually had good twenty minute periods, but not, uh, but but not more than that. And you're not going to win a test match that way. Um, there, I think Dave Rennie will probably roll out pretty much his first choice squad one more time, and he needs to keep that winning run going um, to keep that positivity. Get the last home test match as a win before heading overseas. I think it's very important for them, um, both uh, from growing a fan base um, as much as anything else. To be honest with you, as they as uh, as we know that the the uh, they need to sort of grow the sport over there. Um, well, there you go, folks. We've had a look back at last weekend. We've had a look forward at this weekend. Um, we've talked about a few other things along the way. Uh, and um, hopefully you've all enjoyed it. Don't forget, I'll be back at 5 p.m. tomorrow um, with the uh, lockdown beers and rugby chat. We'll look at uh, basically the news from the previous 24 hours. Um, also, uh, Bo and I will be putting out a special director of rugby versus 
um, head coach uh, so you can understand what the differences are and what uh, Warren Gatland may or should be doing and what Clayton may or should be doing um, as well in their new roles. Um, and uh, also don't forget, uh, if you if you like your NRL Rugby League, then, um, hey, it's getting towards the pointy end of the season. It's finals weekend this weekend. So join the boys in the Sun Off Show at 8 p.m. tomorrow night as they preview the NRL final. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 